Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here without PK again. Sorry to report that, but she is still recovering. She has had several fractured vertebrae in her back, and as you know, that's quite painful. So our dear PK is in recovery, and I'm hoping to have her back on the show in another couple of weeks. But we also have some news, and that is this. Michelle Clare, the psychic medium, she is world-renowned, she's fabulous. She is going to be joining us as a co-host in a couple of weeks. So get ready to listen to her insightful questioning and comments in the weeks to come. And I also wanted to tell you, next week we've got a change of time. We are going to be interviewing the Ghost Hunters. They're coming on the show, and we will be going live at 9.30 next week instead of 7.30 Eastern Time. So be sure to make that note. You don't want to miss that show. It's going to be great. And just a couple more announcements. Go to our Facebook page. Lots of stories there, lots of UFO sightings, as usual. And uh, one last mention of the property tax book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It by Attorney Patricia Quintilian. That is a book every property owner needs to have. And January is the month when you have the right to file for an abatement if you do not agree with your property taxes or your valuation. So make sure you check everything on that property record card. Attorney Quintilian's book will teach you how to read your card and how to make changes, hopefully, with your local assessors, if you can do it at that level, and if not, how you need to move it forward in the abatement process. And her guidance is superb. You really can't do anything without some guidance. It's a very complicated field. And there's a lot of people out there who are being taken advantage on their property tax bill and don't even know it. So make sure to get a copy of that book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. And also, audiobooks, uh, The Andreessen Affair, has an audiobook now. So you can get that and listen to the entire story. And Paul Blake Smith has a book coming out. In audio form on the 25th, President Eisenhower's Close Encounters. So if you prefer an audiobook, there's your chance to hear two great UFO stories, very well documented. So tonight, I am so honored to have Daryl Sims, the alien hunter, with us. Now, Daryl's someone who has so much experience, so much 
knowledge about this entire arena, he's the guy you should listen to. And if you've ever had alien contact, missing time, strange, unexplained marks on your body, you want to talk to Daryl about it. He is the man to meet. And he has personal and professional experience with the alien abduction phenomena and so much more. So he's the world's leading expert on alien abductions with more than 38 years of field research. And he's focused on physical evidence and that has led to groundbreaking discoveries of alien implants and alien fluorescence. Daryl is a former military police officer and CIA operative. He has unique insight to the alien organization, which he believes functions similarly to an intelligence agency. And we are so honored to have him here tonight. Daryl, welcome to the show. Well, I'm delighted to be here, Patricia. It's great to have you on, and I know there's been a lot going on in this field, and as usual, you're right on top of it. But for those of us in the audience, those people in the audience who don't know about your background, if you could give them an update on how you got into this. You had your own experience as a child, and if you could tell us about that. Let's start there, and then we'll go into what's happening today with everybody else. Uh, Certainly. I've... I uh, got into the UFO aspect, and that interfe- it actually interfered in my life when I was four years old. <clears throat> when I was, uh, I suddenly woke up one night, uh, and this woke up was about the proper word. Switched on is a better term. When the uh, I noticed something was wrong in my room, and I opened my eyes, and there was this little <clears throat> diminutive guy, about not much bigger than I was. I was only four. He was a little bigger than me, but uh, he was heading out the wall, going fixing the walk. I thought he was going to bump into the wall. And um, <laughs> I, I thought to myself, you know, I didn't realize he had just brought me back, put me in bed, and now he was leaving. My abduction was over. In other words, I just just got switched on at the wrong time. And anyway, I, I, I said to myself, he's going to bump into the wall. And he turned around rapidly, and I heard this voice in my head, which – I've never heard voices in my head that were other than my own, and this one was different, and it said, it's awake. <gasps> and I realized Meaning you. I'm hearing oh. him talk, him think in his own head, and he's talking about me. I'm the only it in the room. So uh, at that point, I was rather stunned. <clears throat> and, um, and the reason this is kind of important to say is because some of your uh, – uh, people that have had contact in the past will be uh, uh, more than interested to, to realize that some of these things I'm going to tell you are things that you can question and look at yourself in your own events and others' events. But anyway, the, uh, at the point, he turned around and looked at me, and I was rather stunned when I looked at him because it's winter time, and I realized he hasn't got any clothes on. And that was just insane to me because it was really cold in our little place there in Midland, Texas. And um, as I sat up and I was looking at him, when he turned around, I noticed his huge black eyes that were perfectly round, not like the elliptical kind you see in the movies and so on. And uh, people sometimes ask, why 
why did they have round eyes? And I said, well, it was a different model. I said, if you don't understand that, you're not going to understand a lot about the UFO phenomena. Right. You're going to yeah. be guessing like a lot of other folks out there. I said, that particular model had round eyes. Anyway, I said, uh, I noticed as I looked from his face that he had virtually no nose. It was so small you couldn't notice it. Little tiny holes and a little tiny slit for a mouth. And he didn't have uh, any mammary glands. He didn't have a belly button. And he didn't have a TT. That's the way little kids look at things. And, right. And I'm just star- startled at this whole thing. Why he would be unclothed in my room and walking toward a wall, all that. And uh, later, when I began to study this phenomenon and, and get into it pretty well, I realized if you don't have uh, genitalia, you don't procreate. And Good if you point. don't have a navel yes. or a belly button, you don't. Uh, you you weren't born. Your hat's cloned or manufactured, so to speak. And mm-hmm. uh, that told me a lot about maybe where they're coming from and who they who they really are other than the motives that they would like for us to buy into. So that was uh, my first event there, and uh, I had about 10 events over the next uh, 13 years, which uh, most of them happened in uh, from Midland, Texas, to Alamogordo, New Mexico, out in White, near White Sands and Holloman Air Force Base, where I lived in that area. And uh, my events ended violently at age 17, and I thought, Wonderful. It's maybe it's all over, but the problem is I came back for my son when he was uh, six years old, and uh, that changed my position from a concerned father to uh, an alien hunter. I mean, at that point, I wanted to know who was taking my son and why, and I wanted all the big questions at that point. Yes, I'm sure you wanted to stop it. Also, you didn't want him to go through that, did you? And I was very interested in that as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It's uh, so many people have reported on this and said this happened to me. So many people, and <clears throat> here we have our government just only coming to the point of saying, "Yes, we have lights in our sky. We can't explain There's ships. We don't know who's piloting them. How ridiculous!" When they must know what's going on, right? Well, it, it, it seems uh, there's there's a generic statement that people make when I talk to them uh, in conferences and things. They'll say, the government knows everything, or the government doesn't know anything. And I said, well, first of all, I said, let me explain some things about the government since I was in it to some degree at one time. I said, the government doesn't have a clue. That's, a, that's an important thing to know. I said, now, the question is, are there some people in the intelligence community, naval, of, uh, uh, naval intelligence and people like that, do they know? And the answer is yes. Okay. But if you walk up to the front door of the CIA, which is actually a, a police box, basically, a guard shack, and uh, tell them you want to know all about flying saucers, UFOs, and things like that, they'll have you turn your car around and leave immediately. They don't know what you're talking about, and they think you're nuts. Really? So everybody that worked at the CIA doesn't know anything. It's just a, he's just a security guard there. He's with a high clearance. That's all. They don't have a clue what's going on. The, the, this information is so well compartmentalized that even if you knew some aspect of it, you wouldn't know other aspects of it. This keeps the information from ever being.
being um, exploited or stolen by spies and this sort of thing, so that you you mm-hmm. minimize your your exposure. But the government overall, it's like the, the people always thinking, well, if the Congress needs to tell us everything, Congress doesn't know a whole lot about anything. They they spend most of their time <laughs> trying obvious. to get reelected. They, they, yeah, and then spend not, our tax dollars. They're yes. in control. Control right. of politics. That's they're obvious, in, especially now. Yes. The intelligence right. folks are the ones who have the information that you might be interested in and that, this sort of thing. Now, I was told a long time ago that the Navy was the one that took a primary position in this. They they really are. The Naval uh, naval Operations uh, is a big player here. A lot of people don't know okay. that. CIA is, of course. I was in, involved in CIA for two years. But even when I was in there during the Vietnam War, I was in the spying, the spy operation, and that ended the spy camp and all that. But uh, with the UFO phenomena, was never discussed per se, uh, because that the spying is what our business was. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it wasn't UFOs; it was spying on the Russians and Chinese and all these other things. Them, uh, them on us and us doing something about it. So, uh, like I said. To to find someone in the government that actually does know, um, uh, and I hear people at conferences say, "Well, I know all this, and I've I've had uh, you know clearances uh, higher than you can imagine, and so on." And I'm going to tell you everything. <laughs> uh, that's no, you're not. You're you're actually lying <laughs> through your teeth. And oh, if that boy. were true, you would be in prison somewhere and uh, looking at a little keyhole, wondering why I'm in here. Um, I said, I don't have much faith in people who know it all, and I've got secret people on the inside telling me every little detail. Uh, no, yeah. you don't, as a matter of fact. And that's I can give you a, a, a pretty big clue on that. You'll end up in uh, – not if Fort Leavenworth is a military prison. You won't even end up there. You'll end up in a wow. place we refer to as rendition. Rendition is a prison out of country that nobody knows anything about. And that's oh, where God. you'll be. Whoa. So, that sounds uh, like that, that's, that's the end. It, it, people say stuff like, I don't pay attention to them. I just, I just don't believe them. But you have your own experience, and you've spoken with so many people around the world that have had these abductions take place. And also you mentioned something that's very important. This is intergenerational. So they came for you, and then they came for your son. So why is that? Why is this an intergenerational phenomenon? Why do they do this from parent to child in certain families? That is an excellent, excellent question, Patricia. It, uh, the, some people think they're, they're just lazy and, you know, they have to get people in your family <laughs> because they want to travel. Or well, if they got here, they probably <laughs> can can handle it a little better than that. But uh, the, uh, it's a good question, and uh, it's something we looked into back in the 1980s when we were putting our statistics together, and we noticed that 45% of the people taken that we surveyed in our uh, small survey, uh, 45% were Native American, Indian, Irish, and Celtic, uh, and there are other things too, Basque of northern Spain and so on. But uh, mm-hmm. generally speaking, the 45% of the people taken were Native American, Indian, Irish, and Celtic, and uh, Scottish. And uh, we're like, that's pretty. That's a huge slice of people in a very small slice of humanity. 
And, of course, mm-hmm. there, that right. means there are 55% of the people are, are other than that. But my point is that um, out, of the, out of those statistics as well, you're going to get uh, about 65 70% of the abductees taken will be women. Uh, 30 35% will be men or children, but uh, male or female. And those, those, it'll break down like that. And uh, there's just a lot of things we learn through our statistics that, uh, in fact, I was a, a, a dear friend of mine who's a real good investigator, UFO investigator, did some statistics, and they said, well, and they had never seen ours, and never, no one ever asked, and they said, what well, we did the study, and I said, well, it sounds great. And they said, well, and they started telling me some of the stuff they found. I said, well, that sounds good. Are you familiar with that? I said, yes, I am. And I said, okay. And uh they were asking, well, how'd you like the study? And I said, well, I thought you missed a few things. And he said, missed what? I said, the things you don't know about. That. Mm. The thing you ask about that you don't know, that. And I uh, said, for instance, I said, uh, and I, I mentioned the 55%, 45% of people taking Native American Irish and so on and so on. And then I said, um, an interesting percentage of these people, uh, uh, they, they have some of them have unusual uh, side effects from their events. And I said, for instance, like um, obsessive compulsive disorder and things like this. Uh, and uh, these, some of these things are these mental conditions or side effects from abductions. And, uh, and they said, well, we didn't find that. And I said, well, okay. And I said, you also missed the uh, sodium lack of sodium content in the abductee's life. And that's why a lot of them desire salt. They'll eat pretzels and salt products, all salsa and things like that. And, uh, and they don't even realize that you know, you're addicted almost to salt. And you don't even know it. And I said a lot of them have uh, electrolyte imbalances from their abductions. And she's like, what? And so I, I gave her a bunch of other stats. And I said, so I said, I, I, I appreciate your study. I said, I just, for me, I said, it's, this is where I'm at. This is what we've been doing since the 1980s. So that, that's just a few things alone. Um, yeah, so people are having physiological effects that go on for a lifetime after they've had these experiences. The oh, yes, electrolyte sure. imbalance, which can create a lot of trouble. And this, uh, this desire for salt, I mean, that's, again, something that could cause some trouble. But I, I wonder why that is. Is that because they've been taken... Uh, up into space, and they've had a reaction from that, or is that a reaction or response to what the ETs did to them? Uh, I think both probably is is a, a, a possible condition of that. There's three things. One is the side effects from being out there, and the second condition, which I think you hit on very well, is uh, a Things that happen to you that uh, that maybe have effects on you physiologically, uh, like uh, one person asked me uh, recently, and you may know him, said that they had had a, a growth pattern that was really unusual, and said, "Did you know anything about it?" And I said, "Yes, I do." I said, "One of our abductees, my senior investigator, who's a genius and, a, and an engineer, he grew eleven and a, eleven and a quarter inches in uh, nine months." God. <laughs> that's a lot. Clothes for this kid. <laughs> uh, no. Hey, kid, My goodness. Going. It's like every minute keep buying clothes and not another yeah. size up. Well, that's a lot. 
Yeah. Just do all I of mean, that in 11 months, that's just incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. And I've also heard of some people, uh, I heard about an abductee who came back, a young man, and he had an ability to play any instrument beautifully and also to paint, but he really resented those gifts. He didn't see it as something that was going to be enriching his life. He really resented it. Do you find well, that happens uh, sometimes? Th- th- we we do, and uh, the, the, there's two ways to think of this. One is, uh, did you like it, or did it bless you, or did it curse you, so to speak? Uh, and uh, and I understand his viewpoint. I have a questionnaire that I, I give to abductees, which is it, it's entitled Six Reasons Why They Take You." Mm-hmm. And then I list these six reasons out, and then I give illustrations in each one of the six reasons of of the side effects from these things that happen to you, uh, which can be physiological or psychological, but also the fact that there are programs that are running within us. And some people say, well, you know, since I was on the UFO, I have an implant. That's just not true. I said, most people do not have implants that have had Mm -hmm. UFO events. I said, I discovered the phenomenon in 1960. I probably have a clue after conducting 27 surgical interventions around the world. I I probably know a little bit more than a couple of people do. So (laughs) I said the the fact is that the um, if you have seen an alien, been close to an alien, been close to UFO or anything like that, you're probably already programmed. Forget the implant; that's irrelevant at this point. Programs are things; are they're they're little. You, you know, you like in a computer, you have uh, you, you download an app, so to speak. Well, these are like yeah. little apps that the alien downloads in you without your permission. And that's why the guy was upset. Well, this is a gift. No, it's not a gift to the aliens. It's, it's, you're, you're an experiment, and, they're, and they're, you're playing their songs, so to speak. You're doing what they want. It has enough. Uh-huh. You don't get the choice. And, uh, and if they, like one abductee told me, she said, Daryl, I hate the alien, too. I said, I don't hate anybody. I said, I don't know where you get that. I said, I don't like a lot of stuff they're doing to people without their permission, especially abducting them, which is taking them with kids. Kidnapping is what it is. And I yeah, said, I'm a it is. ex-police officer, and kidnapping is still a crime. I don't care where, what planet you're from. That's mm-hmm. it's not a good deal. You want me to go out and start kidnapping aliens? No, that would be wrong. Huh? Then why is it good yeah. for them to do it, but it's wrong for me to do it? I said, you, you're, yeah. you're, 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 you're being weird here. You're not making sense. But these little programs, these apps, so to speak, uh, like a, you're like a, a Bluetooth <laughs> operation. <laughs> like your computer your cell phone. And it's, these are little programs that run inside you. And one of them, it, and, okay, I'll give you an example. And, and I didn't tell the people this, but I, most conferences I go to, I'll ask a, a series of questions before I get started. Question number mm-hmm. one, how many of you have ever seen a UFO? And all kinds of hands that go up. How many right. of you have ever seen a UFO up close and personal? And less hands go up. How many of you people are actually experienced contact or abduction? Less hands go up. How many of you people think you have an implant? few hands will go up, and I said, would you send me an x-ray of the affected area where you think this implant is at? Would you raise your hand now? And almost no hands will go up. That's the program. The program is you're supposed to ignore or destroy evidence. 
you have no idea how hard it is to collect UFO evidence. I mean, any any kind. Abductees will they'll call me after a contact event, like two or three weeks or a month or a year later. Mm-hmm. I said, do you realize that it's like the TV show, The First Forty Eight? I said that's true yes. of police work in, in our work as well. Within the first 48 hours, when you come back from an actual abduction event, there's evidence on, around, or near you. And if I don't get to you in that first 48 hours, a lot of that evidence is going to be gone, like fluorescence, like the physical touch they touch you with. It, it, it's mm-hmm. actually traceable. You can actually find that with a, a black light and so on. And that's going to disappear within a 48-hour period. So you calling me six months later doesn't kind of make any sense. But that's a program really run into you to, to ignore your evidence, not to bring it to anybody's attention, and so on and so on. And uh, that's just one of many programs. And other questions I'll ask these people, um, how many of you people have a, an allergic reaction to procanes, xylocaine, novocaine, lidocaine, uh, carbocaine, cocaine, <laughs> whatever cane is out there? And uh, yeah. don't run on the cocaine one, and they'll all laugh. And and uh, four or five hands will go up. I said, do you realize there should be about 35,000 people in this audience for that many hands to go up? Every one of you that raise your hands are abductees. Kidding. And why that's would that program. be an allergy to procaine? Okay, so that's... An allergic reaction to, to procaine. So because, probably because they've been using too much of the cane on you. Okay. And you became allergic to it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. and then the last couple of questions I'll ask them, are, which, again, all of these, to me, are just telling me how many programs are being run on these people out there in that audience yeah. I'm fixing to talk to. And the next question I'll ask them would be, how many of you people uh, absolutely feel, regardless of the fact you've had wonderful parents raised you, cared for you, loved, nurtured you, you feel like they're not your parents. Hmm. Now, see, you don't have to raise your hand. I already know the answer to that. And several of them raise their wow. hands anyway. That's a program. And I said, the last question I want to ask you is this. How many of you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that your parents, even though you know them, you've got a pedigree, you have a birth certificate, whole nine yards, but you don't think they're your parents? The alien is. As you don't have to raise your hand. I already know the answer to that, too. These are programs being run on you. Now, especially with the one where you would over-identify with the alien as your parent rather than your own biological parents, uh, that's very, very interesting to me. And there are a lot of people who have said this. I know as a counselor, you know, I did therapy for so many years. I've heard so many people say this, and I never considered that that was this was an app running in the background this is software that, that was that's, installed that's the best way to think of it an app gosh and you didn't it makes download so much it. sense right it makes and, so uh, much and sense if, you, if, if you've had a contact with anyone, in other words you woke up and never took to my room that's my bed but i but i never was taken anywhere you probably weren't but the, the app has already been downloaded whatever the app was it's already downloaded you got it. So they don't have to so take you out of it. your bedroom at, no. at night. They can just they can download no. it where from anywhere, or they have to be well close proximity 80%, to you. 
Patricia, 80% of the people taken, and this makes abductees mad when I tell them this, 80% of the time uh, you didn't go anywhere. In other words, <laughs> they didn't take you. You were sitting at your bed, and they were doing whatever they were doing with you with that app, so to speak. Or mm-hmm. if you were riding your bicycle and you they confronted you there, that's where the event happened. You may not have been taken on board the ship anywhere. 80% mm-hmm. of the time, we're not taken anywhere. But 20% of the time, you're gone. And I mean, if they check your room, you won't be in there. You're gone. And we got many gone. cases yep. of this, even in Israel, where people came in at a party and checked on a guy. He said, I'm going to go sleep. I'm just not going to get drunk and do all the crazy stuff tonight. And they left him uh, at like 10 o'clock at night, and they went back up at 2 o'clock in the morning. He wasn't there. They came back at 4, and he was. And they said, where have you been? He said, I never went anywhere. What are you talking about? Well, in his bed, they, he did experience alien abduction. I've worked with him personally in Israel. Mm-hmm. And there were three seeds found in seeds, uh, plant seeds found in his bed. I have one of them. He kept one of them. And uh, a famous news reporter got the third one and when he interviewed him. And the seeds are from the Seychelles Islands on the other side of Africa. Oh, my god! What gosh. are they doing in his bed? Yeah. That's the kind of evidence I like to see. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty good. I like that. Wow. So, did he have any memory of this, or did you do some regression work with him to, no, to I, pull I, it both. to the? He had some memory. He had some memory of of uh, missing time and so on. And that's the first hint that again, there's a program. Missing time is a program that mm-hmm. uh, is running, and uh, and if it runs real well, you don't remember anything. And I'll give you a case in point. Uh, an engineer. Uh, came to me, uh, a friend of friend of mine, a friend of our, my friend, and she said, Mr. Sims, we're here in Sedona, and I listened to your presentation, and it was interesting, but I think this all this is the biggest bunch of crap I ever heard. And I said, okay. Oh, my. She said, that doesn't bother you? And I said, not at all. She said, why not? And I said, well, if you're an abductee, I can't make you one, and if you're not one, I can't make you one if I wanted you to be one. I said, There's nothing I can do about it, either way. Right, right. She said, well, I fill out your forms in 35 out of the 35 markers of an abductee, I fit 33 of them, oh. including the rare drug allergy to procanes. Oh, my goodness. And I said, I understand. And I said, is she that? But I, so I, your tests have got to be skewed or something. I said, it would seem so to you, I'm sure. Two years later, she came to me when I was at another conference out in Phoenix. And mm-hmm. uh, she said, I... I don't know how to say it. I just say it. So I want you to work with me and see if there's any events there. She said, I just don't believe any of this anyway. And I said, well, I don't care whether you do or not. It doesn't matter to me what events or not. I don't care. I'm not in the business right. of caring and making people have events or not. I don't give a hoot. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, right. I, I don't try to make anybody anything. And she said, okay. And so I started to work with her, and I uh, made sure she was in memory and so on and so on. And then finally, I, then I popped her into her first event, and she was five years old walking inside a UFO craft with the alien holding onto her little arm. And she looked into the right room as they walked down the hallway, and she heard a cow bellowing, and it was being mutilated while oh, it was still no. alive. Oh, that was her awful. first experience walking in the craft. 
she was absolutely stunned, just horrified. Yeah. Anyway, for two hours we went through this, and she just, she, when I brought her out of her trance, she was just crying and crying and crying like a baby. And But this just can't be happening to me. It just, this is impossible. This is, I said, I, I know, I, welcome to the club. Yeah. I said, that's just the way it is. And I'm sorry for your, and I said, I would prefer that you didn't have any experiences. I get it. I truly do. And uh, she's, but I, this just can't be happening. And I said, I know. I said, uh, I said, the program run called Missing Time is very effective. I said, some of the programs are so worn out, so to speak, the app is wearing out, that a lot of people now in these days are remembering their missing time or parts of it really well. They remember mm-hmm. pieces, but they don't get the whole thing. You didn't remember anything. I said, there are three types of these people. One are abductees, which are people like me that didn't like getting taken. I don't like being kidnapped. I don't like that at all. I don't care who you are. Number two right. are contactees who, in my opinion, are people who they love being taken. They think it's a good idea, and whoever did this to them is probably far higher and better and smarter than we are, then therefore whatever they do is correct. And I said, well, I seem to remember the American Indians having the same viewpoint about uh, the Portuguese whenever they came over to uh, South America. Mm. They're bigger, smarter, and they got these strange craft out there in the water, so they must be smarter than all of us. And the last people to believe in that and ended up conquered and in the slavery for the rest of their lives, the ones that survived. Uh, so I'm yeah. not much of a... a adherent to that viewpoint, but whatever, whatever floats your boat. And the third group of people, I said, are people just like you? And she said, what are those? And I said, they don't remember anything at all. And I said, I prefer that you don't remember anything. Personally, I said, if you're happier not remembering, that's fine with me. I'm good with that. Yeah. So did she eventually pull out all of the Memories from oh, these I, yeah, multiple we got abductions. I worked with her for for hours all that day, and uh, she she said, "I want to know all of it," and uh, she did, and she was just mortified. It's like somebody uh, you coming into this uh, professor's home, you sit down and t- tell him you've got these strange little quirks, and you don't know why they're happening to you, but it's something wrong with your life and you don't know why, then you're 100% normal and you're an engineer, you're everything. And he uh, talks to you, works with you a, few, a little bit for a few hours, and then you find out that you've got another life that you knew nothing about. It's called the secret life. Mm-hmm. The life that the alien is, in, is uh, started and they try to keep it as secret as possible. And even if you do remember parts of it, you usually try to keep it real secret too. Because you don't want people yeah. livingly or laughing at you or anything else. Exactly, calling you crazy. Yeah, it's a very hard thing to get support for. Now it's a lot easier than it ever was. But even now, you have to be careful who you talk to about something like that. that so good for that lady because it takes courage to to dig that deep and find out what happened. You know, and with your help, she was able to do it. Yeah, that uh, it, the good thing about it is that she didn't have to tell anybody because her friends, which I was one, and we found out and knew about it, but we never wanted her to tell her boss or business partners right. and people like that. I mean, that would be catastrophic to, to yeah. people like that. It's better they don't know you had an experience. 
there isn't a big upside to sharing that with anybody. So, yeah, but at least she was able well, we with your a, help to get that out there to, for herself, we, you know, at least for a, her we own We have a support self. group. Uh, we got a little support group for people so they can uh, meet people and privately and uh, online, and uh, and they've all become very good friends and things like that. And it's, uh, that is one of the best things that's ever happened to any of these people when they meet people that have have had like experiences and even experiences of views that are different than theirs, but they all have the uh, the same thing. They've all had contact in one form or another, abductees or contactees or like this lady in between, and that's mm-hmm. okay. When the first support group we ran uh, publicly out of the Houston UFO Network back in the early 90s, it's really funny. Yes, a lady. Uh, they were all we're all sitting there, and uh, me and a couple of the directors and. And um, we're all sitting there, and this lady came in late. She was about 20 minutes late. And she looked at everybody and stood there and started crying. And I said, what, what is, what's the reason for your tears? And she said, you all know each other, and I don't know anyone. I just, you all know each other for years. And I said, lady, there isn't anybody in this room except me and Dale that know each other. All these people <laughs> are brand new to us, too. I said, but in, in about 15 minutes, she felt like she was family. Isn't it's, that it's great? A, it, it's a wonderful experience. So people, they, they realize that they're people like you, and they're not crazy, and they're good. And they're, 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 a lot of them end up being lifelong buddies of yours. Then on, you can tell them anything and you that's want. Very healing, very healing for people. Is, and, you know, there was a television show a few years back called People of Earth, and it was about a support group for abductees and it was excellent it was a great show of course you know the powers that be took it off the air after one or two seasons but it was wonderful because it it basically detailed how these people became friends and then you know who were the people that couldn't be trusted and that could it was great sure so unfortunately another one bit the dust there but it was it did talk quite quite profoundly about the abduction experience and how these people, you know, benefited from a friendship like that. Well, some, so. of, some of the reasons some of these shows don't last too long is because they're kind of repetitive. It's like next show, it's the same thing. It's the same sentence. Yeah, some of them are, but I'll tell you, this one was unique. It was very, uh, it was very different and very well written. I think it was too close to the truth. That's why it didn't last. <laughs> like I want to I do a support group uh, specifically at a university setting where I mm-hmm. if we, when they get the, the money and everything to do this. I want to fly abductees in who have all or were implantees uh-huh. who had implants at one time, and some of them still do. And I want to fly them in and what, have the testing done while they're there. And I want the abductees and the contactees and all these people who, who had implants or, or do have implants still to meet each other and to interact on that level. And uh, the fascinating thing is uh, I, I really want to uh, I, I want to do some interactive work with uh, abductees on that level on, the, on a college set, university setting. That would be mm-hmm. historic, I, I believe. I really do. That would be very interesting. Yeah, it really would be. Now, you talk about the implants. Tell tell us more about this whole phenomenon of, of implants. How do you find them? How do you know if you have them? And then what do you do? 
Well, uh, generally speaking, about uh, in on my email, uh, people go to our site on alienher.org or .com, and they'll just click on it, and they'll generally hit my email and say, "I've got an alien implant. You need to remove it right away." You know, like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you for the call. Uh, all right. First of all, uh, what 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 convinces you you have an alien implant? Well, I must be chipped because I was on the ship. Well, that's just that doesn't mean anything. You weren't mm-hmm. chipped because right. you were on a ship. It, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work like that. And uh, second is, uh, I said, you, what medical evidence do you have supports your claim? Do you have MRIs, CAT scans, or uh, any X-rays or any medical X-rays, evidence yeah. supports your claim? Usually it's no. Well, then uh, let me give you a big shout-out here. No doctor is going to cut on you, do anything to you, or help you in any way, shape, or form if you, number one, don't have any medical evidence or x-rays of anything wrong with you that you need something removed. Number two, if you mention the word alien and alien implants, they're probably not going to have anything to do with you anyway, even if you do have them. Mm -hmm. I said, so you're making some huge mistakes by approaching it the wrong direction. I said, third is uh, you have to convince me that it is in fact an alien implant. I said, we've done surgeries on people and removed pencil lead and BBs and things like that from them, that's actually swore those were alien implants. If you get stuck by a pencil lead in school when you're six years old, that pencil lead will still be there 20 years later. That's graphite, and you may have forgotten it, and then you think you have an abduction experience and think, oh, my God, the next ray is, look at this thing, it's an alien implant. And it's not just graphite, <laughs> it's a pencil lead, you know. I'm sorry. Right. There, yeah. there are a lot of these things that are quite natural forming or and so on. But alien imp- a real alien implant and my my only how I learned about it was when I was twelve years old, I uh, went through an alien implant experience and I was wide awake when the event happened. And uh, oh. basically they drove a needle uh like device approximately eight inches long into my nasal passage, and it went yeah. past my eye, and it broke the bones in my nose, and mm. uh, it hurt. It was excruciating. I was screaming, and uh, and then it left a little silver sphere back behind my eye, and uh, they pulled the needle out, and of course, there was blood on it, and the next morning, when they brought me back, put me in my room, and my mother, there was blood on my pillow, and my mother says, You've been picking your nose again? And I immediately <laughs> said, uh, yes, yes, yes. Because I didn't want her to oh. know anything. And that's why okay. I said, tell her. Again, this is a program that's running in you. Uh-huh. You hide, hide, destroy, or will uh, negate evidence in any way, shape, or form. And I did that. And uh, most abductees do. Almost every one of them I talked to, I asked them, they said I removed an implant, you know, what, what I did with a pocket knife, you know, when I was younger and all that. And they said, "Do you have the implant?" No, ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of them have wow. no object. Where did it go? I don't know. I threw it away. One guy, I threw it in the commode, ah. and then flushed it. And he said, "Yeah." And he said, "Then I jumped to realize I made a mistake. And I jumped in the commode with both hands and tried to find it, and I couldn't. I couldn't get it." <laughs> oh, <laughs> but do you hear these stories all the time? But mm. destroying evidence or hiding evidence or not talking about it. These are programs that are running inside us. They're just uh, alien apps, so to speak, 
that run right. to uh, that's well, all, it that's covers their tracks. It. it does. Yeah, it covers it really their tracks does. completely. What about this mind wipe the that they do? Too. Yeah, what about the mind wipe that they do? Because there's a lot of abductees, as you mentioned, who don't remember anything. So the mind wipe must have that's really true. worked that on is, them. Well, it, you can, you can, you can, if you wanted to, you can call it anything you want. Uh, uh, the missing time phenomena is a good illustration of that process. A long time ago, when I was four years old, 1952, they, uh, he put that large black eye right next to my eye and said, you won't remember. And, uh, and I kept thinking to myself, yes, I will. <laughs> and they did. But, but for a wow. lot of people, that program works perfectly or it works yeah. 99% of the time, or it works, they have another program they work, which is called a screen memory. And a screen memory is you uh, have the abduction or contact event, and you wake up in the morning, uh, it, it, like a, one of the, okay, one of the things he tried to do whenever, whenever he realized he couldn't control me, he, the next thing he did was try to change the image of himself into that of a clown. Some people say, hmm. well, that was shape-shifting. I said, no, it wasn't. Shape-shifting means you actually changed into something else. He didn't. He, he was messing with my consciousness. Right. And, and I said, I ended up with a phobia of a clown. So instead hmm. of the abduction event, guess what I remembered? The phobia of the clown. But right. I knew that, it was, it, it, that he was the clown, that he, he was using that image to make me believe that I had a terrible dream. And I never told my parents. I woke up and they realized I was, in the morning, that I was quite distressed. And they, they, they thought it, of course, was a bad dream. And I, I, I didn't have a bad dream. I had a bad experience. And, yeah, um, exactly. But, people, but, but that program was running in me. That, the, the, the other the program was the screen image, that it was, in fact, a – and I meet abductees like this all the time, little girls where they in a, in a Bible camp, you know, like a girl's mm-hmm. camp, camping out. And they, they said, you know, this, this big wolf came inside the door. I said, well, how did he get inside the screen door? That's a good question. He came inside the screen door, and he got right next to my face with a, with a large black eye. Yes. How did you know that? Well, I just, lucky guess. And he yeah. took me and these <laughs> two other girls, and we we don't know where we went or what happened, but we remember the big wolf. Well, well as soon as you work with them, you, immediately they find out, oh, my God, it's not a wolf. No, that's the screen image. That's a program that's yep. running in your brain. To keep you right. from not remembering or not remembering specific information, it's now, just a program. It's an app. Just a program, exactly. Now, I've heard a lot about people being told to remember that it wasn't an alien; it was an owl. Yes, that again, that's the program. Uh, lady, right. A case in point in California, a very dear friend of mine, known for twenty years. She mm-hmm. said, uh, I, "I said, if any of this way, she's yeah, I should." Uh, I said, it's really weird. She said, uh, I heard a knock on, on my door, and I went down and opened the door. I said, what time? And she said, 3 o'clock in the morning. I said, that's the witching hour for the mm-hmm. alien. And uh, she laughed and said, I said, what happened? She said, it was my dad. My dad. I said, okay. 
Your dad's been dead for a long time, hadn't he? He says, yes. That's the screen image. Right. What they, they want you to see. image of her daddy. I said, what did you do? She said, I went with him. <laughs> ah. I said, well, sweetie, I know your home real well. You live upstairs. Somebody knocking on the door is not going to wake you up upstairs. But wow. it only woke you up in the entire house of people. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? They're just knocking on your your auditory circuit. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, your dad, was there anything interesting about your dad? He said, yeah, he was kind of a pale green. Said, I couldn't understand that at all. <laughs> I laughed at this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's a program. Oh, it's just a map. Yeah. And and people could, you know, can just go along with it. They just believe it. And, you know, there was a movie about the events in Alaska. Because I, I know Alaska's had a lot of abductions, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And these were horrific, though. I don't know if yes. you saw the movie, and I can't remember the name. But, I mean, these were described in the film as quite horrific. It involved a psychotherapist who was seeing these patients, and these patients were getting uh, severe injuries from these interactions with the aliens. And, I mean, it was it was horrifying. Everything that went on was, it seemed like the worst of the worst, almost as bad as the abductions that have happened at times in South America. But the mm-hmm. owl was used over and over again because people kept saying, well, I saw this owl, I saw this owl. So, sure. Um, but did that? Do you know anything about what's going on in Alaska and what did go on in Alaska with this sure. type of thing? Well, do tell. Um, <laughs> you want to know? The, uh, well, a, a TV program con- contacted me here a while back, and they said uh, we'd like to, the producers talking to me, and I got talking to him. They said, "Do you know anything about alien implants?" And I said, I, "Well, yeah, I, I discovered them, so I kind of know a lot about it." Oh, my gosh, well, you need to talk to my head guy. You know, he needs to talk to you. And I said, okay. So I talked to him a couple of times. He says, well, this guy's got an implant in his leg, and um, he lives out in the bush and all that. And I said, okay. I said, uh, you know anything about implants in leg? I said, yeah. I said, I've got an implant currently in which uh, the family, their dad had told him he was not in Alaska. This is another case. I said, in this case, the... The dad died, but before he died, he told his kids that he had an implant in his leg, alien implant, in his calf. Hmm. And and Mm -hmm. when he died, they called their friend, the undertaker, and said, would you look inside his leg in his calf and see if you can find a person implant? And they did. They sent it to me. I said, so I have an implant from someone's leg, a deceased person, on me now that I've actually studied. And I said, so I think I'm familiar with that, yes. Well, we need to get you right oh. up here. And I said, that would be wise, in my opinion. But they never mm. did. They just went ahead and did the show. And the show, in my opinion, was kind of brand X. It was, it was, it was all, it was so nonchalant. It did, it just, I just, I was just horrified that they just oh, turned it into a TV program. You know, it just, yeah, it was, just, it was sad. I really hate to see bread. that. But there yeah, are, I there are too. a lot of. A lot of events like that, and some of them are real horrific, uh, especially some with the natives. Uh, and it just, it, you know, it's just whatever, whatever screen memory you're given, it can be the Michelin Tire Man, it can be Casper, the friendly ghost. Mm-hmm. Can, all of them had large black eyes. That's the important thing. Right. You, you need to notice by a wolf, 
a deer, uh, an elk came to came up to me and talked to me. You know, elks normally don't do that. They just don't talk much to people. Yeah. Uh, but these are <laughs> these are screened images. They're they're these are programs that are being run on people, and uh, and they can be a deceased relative. It can be, they can turn they they're just using your consciousness to buy into the imagery, and uh, and it's easier to do that than to deal with the other half of the scenario that it wasn't a wolf at all that it was but you should see people like whenever you're working with them under hypnosis mm-hmm. and they're in the event and there's this wolf is he coming into the door and all of a sudden uh when i start working with them they begin they look very carefully at it and realize oh my god oh my god oh my god it's not a wolf and they figure mm. out they've been played they've been played right time so some people that for your consciousness sake, uh, Casper the friendly ghost works better than than the other guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now these implants, I know you've you've really done a lot of research on them, all different kinds. And what's your take on what these implants are for? What are these implants doing? Well, it there it depends on where they are, where they're located, and what particular program they're using on you at the time. So, okay. uh, for instance, I have a, one of my one of my abductees is a police officer up in Dallas, Texas, and he called me one day. This was this year, and he said, "I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time." And I said, "Well, I'm glad you finally called. Notice he was avoiding me for years." <laughs> like I said, they destroy evidence. They make every effort not to do the right thing. That's well, yeah. I'm glad you finally called. And he said, yeah, and he's a real smart guy, very sharp. Works in the medical community. And then he says, well, I've got this object that I uh, found in my back, and I just dug it out, and I, I've got it in the container, and he sent it to me. And I said, okay. And we looked at it. And then later he said, I have found a second one that was in my back, and he sent that to me. And then he called me about a week later, and he said, uh, we need to talk on the phone privately. And I said, okay. And he said, uh, I said, what happened? He said, Daryl, he said, uh, you realize I'm a police officer in the medical field at the university level, working with a lot of people in the, uh, in the, uh, that have got clearances. And I said, yes, I do. And he said, uh, I noticed a couple of cars approach my house independent of each other. And then they parked about a block away. And then whoever was in the car, two guys got out, walked, and met each other, and then walked up to my door. And I came out, and I said, who are you? And he said, they knew me. Mm-hmm. And they said, this is this year, this is recent. They said, uh, we're here to talk to you about your, uh, they, he said they were real uncomfortable to use the word alien problem. Oh. He said, what alien problem okay. would that be? And they said, uh, well, uh, uh, he said, they said, we are uh, special agents from the FBI. And he said, okay, he said, well, I'm a cop, I'm blah, blah, blah. And they all cooled off there. And uh, they said, uh, you've been having a problem with alien. And he said, but well, I have for a fact. And he said, and I freely admit that. And I don't like it. 
And he said, well, what happened? He said, well, he said, I found an object in, in my back. And he said, uh, what did you do? Where Did you have the object on you? And he said, no. He said, I sent it to be studied. And they, hand to God, true story. They looked at him and said, oh, you sent it to Daryl Sims in Houston. <gasps> what? He said, I got it. He said, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. He said, are they watching me? I said, well, I said, let's back off and look at it a different way. I said, first of all, you're a police officer that is involved in heavily involved with people that are involved in high-level government secretive projects and things like not UFOs, but secretive stuff and things you don't want. They don't want people getting the enemies and Chinese and other people like that. He said, that's true. And I said, well, I said, the mere fact that you're quote unquote having alien problems right now is a good reason to investigate you. I mean, you are in a sensitive area, right? So who's the alien for sure? And and they they were you they were convinced that you were having real alien contact at that point, and that 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 fascinated them because you're not crazy, you're not weird, you're not one of those weird people. You're right. for, you're for real cop, hardcore cop. It's a thirty year cop. You know it's that's big stuff. And I said, the fact is, they know me and they know what I do. I said, the easiest way to think about this is um, they're not interested in me. They're interested in people that call me. Mm-hmm. They are. And if you right. happen to be, let's say, let's say you're in the intelligence community, like in office of naval investigations and you need help as an abductee and you call me do you think they're going to notice they will of course and they're going to be watching you for at least 10 years you'll be on a watch list wow is it that long 10 years just for this yeah they they that well they want to make sure that you're not being because I'm red, white, and blue. I mean, I've, 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 I've had top secret clearance and the whole nine yards. I'm as red, white, and blue as they get. If yeah. I got cut, I'd probably bleed red, white, and blue. But the, the point <laughs> is would. that uh, I'm, I'm loyal, loyal to the hilt, and, uh, and people I know are too. But they, they're mm-hmm. worried about someone getting compromised, even by the alien, at some level. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah. So, but yes. what do these implants do to people? Are they running the software program? Because I, I know you it, mentioned before, it's not really a tracking device. It's something else. It isn't. That's that's very, very, very true. It's not a, a the late Stanton Friedman. Uh, we were together in a conference, and people were asking questions about implants and the TM, and he said, "You're asking the wrong guys." I, I don't know anything about that. He said, "I guess they're tracking devices. I don't know what they are." Asked Daryl, mm-hmm. and I said, "Well, with respect." Uh, Stanton, I said, these are not tracking devices. I said, first of all, how did they find you to begin with? Yeah, before you had the they device. Put it in, they put it in you five years ago or 20 years ago or a year ago or whatever. Where were you all before then? I said, they know mm-hmm. where you're at because, of, in my opinion, because of your genetic profile that they have right. records of. And uh, I said, so that's part of your lineage and that, that will be exploited. Not everyone in your family will be taken, but some will. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I said, anyway, I said, these devices, uh, I said, they're, they're different. They're, some are metal, some are 
they're made out of different things. Some are made out of a plastic-like material, four of which were retrieved surgically from an abductee that was camping with a friend of his at Area 51, of all places. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, I've got three of them. So the uh, the the question, the, I'm not be, trying to be elusive here. I'm trying to be definitive to let people realize that one size doesn't fit all. And if, when people so say, they do different things. That, huh. that doesn't mean anything. What is it? What does it do? Where was it located? Well, it was located to... Like we had one in the mass abduction of eight people, they implanted a lady and put a, 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 the, a the device, the shell of it, looked like a little tiny uh, eggshell with the end of it cut out. We think it housed a biological camera. I have the shell of it now because it fell out of her eye. They got the, uh, the biological implant out, but they forgot the shell, and I got it. So uh, what was so, so what is that? What is that opposed to an object in your hand? Is an example. Well, that would there are clearly two different functioning devices. This mm-hmm. one was used yeah. to spy on people for three days. We know that we have reasonable uh, information that uh, that that was uh, uh, a device that literally. Uh, uh, was used for spying. It was a, a biological uh, camera, so to speak. It was spying specifically on me and what these people were doing for three days. So Gosh. that's just the truth of it. And that's just one implant, and so that was yes. in her eye. That's awful. Yeah. That's, that's correct. Hmm. So now, depending I've on also... where it's located, is, is, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a huge statement. Is located in your your eye or your. Uh, we got one lady. It's got one the size of a walnut, located near her heart. Oh, that's dangerous. And we don't know what that one is, and we'll certainly never remove it because we're not going to do anything. It's going to cause anybody or anything like that. It's too dangerous mm-hmm. to remove in that case. But uh, what it's doing there, I have no idea. I, I would just ha- I have to guess, but because I don't know. And the thing is, it's big. It's the size of a walnut. This thing is huge. Gosh, Her what could it be doing? It is either. It, it oh, is a gosh. military doctor, and he's freaking out. He, he doesn't have a clue what that thing is. Yeah. But he, believe, he yeah, believes the story that of alien contact. He believes that they did it. Hmm. Well, that's interesting, because I was going to ask you, uh, there are some abductees that talk about incisions that were made, like, across their chest, kind of above heart level. Um, mm-hmm. And I was wondering, what in the world would they do that for? Because, you know, you hear about, for women, eggs being retrieved or fetuses being retrieved, things like that. But what are they doing in that area above the heart? Why would they be making incisions there? Well, that's uh, that's the $64,000 question. And, uh, and it, 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 as I mentioned early in this presentation, um, in this discussion, the alien functions like an intelligence community. I think you read that. And I did. what that means that is, so is they function like an intelligence community. When I went into the CIA and remembering all of my abduction events and everything, I was really stunned when I started studying the tradecraft of a spy. And the tradecraft mm-hmm. is his skill, it's his skill level. Things that he does is a knock or a non-official capacity. In other words, we're going to disallow this. We're not going to 
you get caught, we're not going to identify ourselves as really, we'll never, we're not going to admit anything about you. So mm-hmm. uh, that's what a knock is or a spy. And they're really called, uh, everybody says that you're a CIA agent. That's, that is a, that is the most um, people that say things like that don't have a clue what they're even talking about. The CIA agent is not a person who is in the CIA. Period. Oh, okay. A CIA agent, an agent is either witting or unwitting. They are not in the CIA. They're used by the CIA. Oh, that's a big difference. The, a CIA case officer is that would got that guy would be a spy. Okay. So he's called a case officer, and when you call him a CIA agent, he looks at you like you're an idiot. <laughs> because he, he realizes you don't know, you don't have a clue about any of this. Yeah. The tradecraft, none of it. And uh, wow. it's like going to a doctor, an OBGYN, and ask her, you know, well, my toenail hurts. You need to fix that. She's going to look at you yeah. like, you're, you're a dunce. Don't you know what the word right. OBGYN means? And yeah. uh, it's so it, it shows how limited you are in your understanding about the intelligence community. You don't have a clue. You're acting like you know, but right. you don't. And uh, so anyway, a uh, little piece of information for those who want to know about the tradecraft. Um, what second about, thing so is, you, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the, no, the second just, thing is that, is that they function like an intelligence community. They they lie and they lie consistently. That's why we did the intelligence community. You know, we're not going to tell you our big secrets, how everything we know about where all the Russian nukes are at. We're not going to tell you that stuff. We'll lie about mm-hmm. it. Say we don't know any mm-hmm. of it. We, we don't know what you're talking about. And uh, but the intelligence, the alien functions the same way. They lie consistently. No, the aliens love me. They treat they treat me really good. And, they tell me all kinds of great stuff. They tell me the planet they came from, uh, Zeta Reticuli. You, you really believe that stuff? You really think they live on a planet? Well, they have to. Told you that. Mm. If there are craft, we've got. I've got film footage of craft that are fifty miles thick, six hundred miles across. If you have a craft that big, what what would you need a planet for? Mm-hmm. They don't run around. Uh, farming and doing the things that you do. They, they're not anything like you. They don't think like you. They don't function like you. And th- they don't. They like you so much that they don't ever tell you the truth. <laughs> How <laughs> yeah. big a relationship is that? <laughs> yeah, really. Exactly. What kind of friend is that? It isn't a friend. And I think this is what I think concerns me also, is that I hear a lot of people speaking in loving terms about what they consider to be their own connection with certain aliens, whether it's Pleiadians or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, they all say, oh, you know, they have a, a non-interference, you know, the big deal. That's we don't interfere. Right it's like Trek. such That's crap. That's right out of Star Trek. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that you know was they... never, ever used until Star Trek used it. Yeah. I mean, we did hear hear it on Star Trek. Even Star Trek interfered. But to think that they're not interfering is nonsense. They have all been interfering in their own way. And this Mm -hmm. supposed thing, this, this, this pact that they have that they won't interfere... I'm sorry, I don't buy it because I'm I'm looking at what you're looking at. All these people who have had these abduction experiences seemingly without their permission 
And that's kind of interference. That's interference. Kidnapping is right. generally interference. You know, if you're going out with your husband or something to a movie and then you end up with missing time, you're still sitting in the car and he got taken for three hours. Uh, that's an interference. I think they interfered with your dinner date that night. I think so. And who yeah. knows what else? I mean, again, this Thank is you. all question. As you mentioned, you know, it's like why are they cutting? When I asked, why are they cutting into people, people's bodies at the heart above heart levels? Like, what are they doing? We don't know. Well, they're never going it's, to tell you. They, they, the, the issue is that they, that if they tell you anything, they'll ninety nine percent of the time lie about it. We're mm-hmm. fixing, we're repairing your heart. You had an injury there. Oh, they saved me. I've and I, and I, listen. I had a a, a a neurosurgeon of all things call me one day, the Mr. Mm-hmm. Sims, and they started asking. She started asking questions. And I said, "Ma'am, why don't you just go ahead and ask me what you called me for? It's okay." <laughs> she said, "Okay." She said, "Have you ever found abductees that had injuries that were covered up?" And I said, "Yes, ma'am, I have." She said, "Some of your abductees are my patients." And I said, "Yes, ma'am." Oh my. She said, I have found injuries in them that have been covered up. But in other words, they have like the car wreck is an example. And I'm checking them mm-hmm. neurologically for whatever reason for the car wreck. And she said, and I find out there are other injuries that were before the car wreck that there, it looks like it's a cover-up. And I said, you are wiser than your years, young lady. No kidding. I said, I've got, I've got kids with broken arms, broken bones. I said I myself went to the VA hospital, and uh, the my primary care physician and a radiologist were screaming at each other over the phone, talking about my broken ribs. I told the doc, my primary care physician I didn't have broken ribs, and the radiologist was screaming at him said, "Don't you tell me I two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year? Don't tell me I can't read the next ray." And uh, he was screaming, <laughs> at him. and uh, he looked, hanged the phone up, and laughed, and everything. Said, "I guess you got four broken ribs up here, buddy." And I laughed, and I said, of course, I knew I had broken ribs, but uh, but there, I'd never ha- I have no history of it. Where yeah. did you get your broken ribs? In my last abduction event. Mm. But it was covered wow. up, so I wouldn't know it. So this neurosurgeon me, figured said, that they out. Healed you. They healed you. I said, no, they didn't heal me. They covered it up. That's. I mm. wrote a paper about it. It's called Them Bones, and it was uh, mm-hmm. based on the ne- neurologist in my study. Wow. It's well, just I'm another saying, program. Yeah, it is. This makes so much sense, Daryl. I'm I'm so glad you're talking to us tonight about this. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with David Polite's work, Missing 411. Sure, the people I know that have, well. Yes, okay. Sure. So you know that some <laughs> of the people, it, they end up with head injuries, and they find them weeks later, even though they've already searched the area, and then they find the body, mm-hmm. and these sure. head injuries. Now, I interviewed um, Carl Higdon, Marjorie Higdon. That's the Wyoming hunter that was abducted. And this was back in 1974. Now, when they returned him, and they kind of liked him, they were kind of friendly to him, and they had some friendly exchanges, but they dropped him out of the bottom of the ship. So he landed. And luckily, he was a big, strong guy. You know, kind of like you, big, strong, you know, manly man kind of guy. And so he landed on the side of this this hill, but he lost his footing and really tore up his shoulder and he fell. 
But then it made me think about all these other people David has talked about that ended up with these head injuries. I'm thinking, well, yeah, probably they were dumped out of the bottom of the spaceship. And they didn't land like like Carl did um, and, you know, stay alive. They landed on their heads. So I think that's entirely possible. Um, and it's really sad that they they have treated people, if that's in fact what they've done, so horribly. Once they're done with them, they're they just dumped. Well, once uh, we have several cases where one of the questions on our questionnaire, extensive questionnaire, is uh, have you ever felt like you were dropped on your bed, especially if you had a water bed? In other words, it's still shaking and it wakes you up. Oh, and we have okay. some cases where they dropped from the ceiling and landed on the bed in the wrong place, and it injured them, and they ended up in an emergency room. Hmm. Yeah. So they don't seem to care. Uh, well, that'll ruin your evening. <laughs> it certainly would. <laughs> yeah, really right. Oh, well, you don't interfere. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this all started around the time of Eisenhower with all these abductions and that our government, that Eisenhower was involved in letting them do that with a secret treaty? Do you think no, that's possible? No. Uh, the reason I don't before? think that is uh, my, my abduction started in 1952. And okay. uh, we we have abduction stories going back as far as the eighteen in the eighteen hundreds. Okay. We so have the history is much longer. We have we have mutilations of cows and even humans. Tons of meat falling out of the sky in the eighteen mm. hundreds. Wow. And it was sliced. Ugh. The human part. The humans were. Lungs, heart, etc. Oh gosh, how awful! Now I've heard that the South American abductions tend to be more brutal. Is that true? Generally speaking, they they have been in, in the island of Colades. Uh There was a mm-hmm. wonderful book written by uh, 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 what was his name? Um, it's called UFO Danger Zone. You can you can Google it and you can get it. Uh, and the it, the guy was. Uh, a really good journalist, and he wrote this story very well. And in those cases, uh, it's called UFO Danger Zone, and it, it, it in fact is that's an accurate statement. Those cases, many of them were injured uh, by laser-like devices that were shot at uh, from the UFO, and some of them actually died from their events. But uh, it's very famous cases. Uh, uh, there were a number of uh, – I've been to Brazil two, di- two different times in the middle of Brazil, Brasilia, and in Curitiba, and uh, studied the Varsina incident and other cases down there. Um, the, 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 the stories out of countries like – distant countries like that in the, in the bush tend to be more violent because they really can get away with it. Here it's harder to do. Uh, I've got mm-hmm. cases of mutilation that are beyond horrific out of uh, out of Brazil. One lady said to me, "Well, they're just uh, they're doing scientific experiments on us." Says, "Young lady, when you're an elderly woman skinned alive in your own bed and there's no blood, well, I don't think what kind of science is that in your opinion?" Well, she's on yeah. the phone up. I, I could give I, one guy had his eyes surgically removed in the middle of uh, this uh, little village, uh, and the little kids going to school found him. They recognized his voice when he was crying, and his his eyes had been surgically removed. 
And, oh, my uh, God. I said, this is the middle of nowhere where there aren't any hospitals and stuff. I said, give me a break. What kind of science do you think needs to be doing that? Yeah, exactly. That's awful. I mean, it sounds like just, a, just again, a horrible lab experiment. I know we've been guilty of that, um, <clears throat> doing this to animals, but certainly this I've heard these horrible stories about Brazil and other places in South America where it just seems like, and maybe that's the reason, like you just said, they can get away with it there, especially in the rural areas. There's no medical care. These things just happen. Who are you going to go tell? Ghostbusters? Right. And there's also no, what's very important is there's no media. There's no television. There's there's nothing where people would get this kind of information and then try to make up stories. It's it's not happening that way. It's, it's, it's just a real occurrence. And how awful for these people who have the uh, misfortune to be taken and then returned okay. in a horrible condition. Horrific cases like that. Uh, some, some of them around the world as well. But uh, the idea that uh, things are lightening up and it's not happening, it, 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 these people are not well-read. And they're, they're certainly not following the data. Data is, is there. It's uh, and the people are having positive experiences and they're having horrific experiences. But again, it depends on the program being run on you. If you, again, I'll give you one last case in point before we will have to finish here for long. Uh, case in point. Mm-hmm. Lady came to me and said, "I, I want. Uh, I, I think your support group is completely insane." I said, "Okay, that don't bother you, no." <laughs> Why not? That's because that's just your opinion. And like eyeballs, everybody's got one, a couple of them usually, and uh, that don't mean a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Well, there, a lot of people are con- abductees, and they're saying bad things about the alien, and I think they're all good. And I said, well, that's, again, an opinion, and that's fine. Nobody, nobody cares what your opinion is. Yeah. And, she said, and she said, well, I want you to work with me, and I want you to see for the first time in your life that there are positive experiences. I said, I've got people with positive experiences. I said, a lot of them, by and large, don't turn out to be nearly as positive as they thought they were. Anyway, I worked with her, and her husband brought a big boom box with a recording device on it. Basically, he's wanting to sue me if I uh, screw up. I, that's what he was there for, to get evidence of it. Oh. And uh, when I started work with her, uh, she kept screaming. She said, turn those bright lights off. And, of course, he was sitting there with me. And he looked at me stunned because the lights were down pretty low. Mm-hmm. He kept screaming, those brights are so bright they hurt my eyes. Leave my little brother alone. Screaming to the height of her voice. Of course, there's no one in the room but me, him, and her. Right. She, she's in the event, what it is. Yeah. And she's screaming. And what she didn't realize, because there was a third person in that room as well besides the alien, and it was a 17-year-old boy, and he painted a picture of her nude on the table with a seven-foot praying mantis over her, working on her, and her screaming all the time. I've got that picture. Now, when she came out of her trance, she said, see there, I told you it was wonderful. I was in the school of higher consciousness, and everything was wonderful. (laughs) Of course, her husband had the whole recording of her screaming, leave my little brother alone and all that. You know, she, she doesn't know, and I don't bother, I don't Mind. I'm not going to sit there and argue with her and tell her your no. events are horrible. You don't get it. I don't. Yeah. 
<laughs> if she can remember it as positive, I'm happy with that. I like that. Yeah. I don't oh, mind. Oh, my goodness. You should rather now, believe is, a lie and be happy I'm okay with yeah, it. Yeah. That's right. That's her choice. But how, oh, boy. Now, the Mantis is an interesting race. What do you know about them? Well, as I said, uh, the aliens, in my opinion, are all cloned, hatched, made, or manufactured. I don't think mm-hmm. they're from outer space. I think the mm-hmm. DNA comes from planet Earth, and the mantis being is a good illustration of them. Where would you get mantis DNA? Probably not yeah. Pluto, probably not Zeta Reticuli, but we have several hundred species of praying mantises on this planet. If you wanted to right. develop a seven-foot one and take it out in space and uh, uh, reprogram it and uh, convince it that it's an alien and they're working for you from then on, uh, that would be one of the uh, seven of the primary ones that are coming into contact with people during these days. And I've heard that they are often in the background or they are often the ones that are giving out the orders to the other alien groups. Does that sound right? They're very smart. They're, they're very mm-hmm. smart. They, the little gray is just, he's just a pizza delivery guy. He picks you up and delivers you, and you're the pizza. <laughs> The taller gray, the the one they we they refer to the doctor, he's the boss of the surgical mm-hmm. procedures and things that are going to go on like that. He's boss over the little gray guys, and he's very okay. awful to them. He's he's very nasty. The mm-hmm. uh, higher being, the beings above the grays, anybody above them, different than them, like the Nordics, the uh, the uh, grays, the, the the Nordics, the reptiles, and uh, that these into these uh, uh, the matters and so on these beings are all above and beyond the uh, the grace for sure they're mm-hmm. they're just the worker ants so to speak and I know you were saying some of them aren't very smart because when they put people's clothes back on they put their underwear on backwards and things like that that's why people know they... something's wrong if you if yeah. you have a double tumbler lock which means you got to have a key to get in and a key to get out mm-hmm in other words, if you lock your left your keys, you, you can't. You, you if you get dropped off out in your backyard instead of in your house, and that's happened before, you end up mm-hmm. beating on the door trying to get your wife to let you in the house because you don't have any keys. Your keys are on the table. Right. How'd you get out of the house? How'd you get out? Yeah. Where have you been? Good point. And your keys are right there on the table. So they do and stuff that- like that. That's. That lets people realize I was physically taken. I was one guy called me two three days ago. He's got a special kind of watch. He said, "I'll send you the program on it that shows that I've been at four hundred and fifty feet up in the air hmm. in my abduction." Oh and my! That, that's, so that, that's true. You can actually track people from those type devices. That's interesting. You sure? So that is a level of proof that. Thanks to those apps, we now have for somebody who was abducted. Yeah, that's right. We, we can was, run our own. Somebody who was abducted uh, probably a couple of years ago who claimed that they had their cell phone camera on board a ship. Did you ever get to see those photos? I hear this all the time, and I sometimes I've had four or five people send me pictures of what they said was I took pictures of them on, on the craft and everything. And I see a big bunch of boxes stacked in a in a big room. It's really unclear. And uh mm-hmm. never saw any big stack of boxes on the alien craft ever. 
Yeah, that sounds kind of strange. Makes me really wonder about their photography. And it, it's always unclear. And, it's, uh, and uh, the, what they don't understand, when you send me stuff like that, and if I have an interest, and in most of the time I don't, because I don't mm-hmm. believe the whopper you're telling, I believe uh-huh. it's the screen memory the best. And if I happen to send it to my one of my photo people, who has several million dollars worth of equipment to evaluate things with, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. going to catch you so fast, you're going to wish you'd never sent that. <laughs> They'll tell you <laughs> exactly right. how many times that photo has been altered, changed, or in, and where the original photograph, what, what the date of the original photograph, not the one you sent me. You yeah, can't believe so- the, the hoaxes that we've uncovered. I bet you know, and that's I hate that. I just wish that people would stop trying to fake things because it muddies the waters, and it makes it so hard for the people who are telling the truth yeah, and have real can, evidence. Yeah, but if you can fool the alien hunter or somebody like that, feather in your cap. Uh, right. Hopkins was fooled by some cases. Uh, John Malk was fooled by some cases. Uh, others mm-hmm. have as well. Other investigators. And people love doing that because these guys are honest and they want to get a good story. And they, unfortunately, they're not like me. They're not ex-cops. I'm going to, whenever you bring me all your stuff and say, oh, look at all my great stuff. I put my cop hat on. That's not a UFO hat anymore. It's a cop hat. How much does the cop believe in your story? None of it. (laughs) What do you mean? You've got to convince him that an event actually happened. And that what you're fixing to tell him is real. That's right. How many people lie to cops? When you get pulled over for speeding, and the cop asks you how fast were you going, what's the general answer? Oh, I, don't I wasn't know. speeding, it's officer. A lot less than yeah. The speed limit. Yeah, people lie. <laughs> they do all the time. And I mean, yeah. you know, they, and they they lie to me too, and I have to catch them doing it. But I teach how to determine where people are lying or telling the truth just by watching them. That's so helpful they usually to know. don't get very far. No, I'm sure good. they don't get far at all, and that's a very good thing. Good now, Daryl, how can people get a hold of you if they have had an abduction or they've had something going on and they need some guidance? Uh, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, the best way to reach me is to uh, go to alienhunter.org, and you can click on there and, uh, and alienhunter.org and if you do that, you can go to the bottom there, and it'll say you can email the alien hunter, and you can do that. And I'll get your email, and I'll answer your email. I, it may take me a while because I get hundreds of emails, but I do answer every email. And if for any reason you don't get yours answered, then the best thing for you to do is write me again the second time and say, hey, bud, you didn't answer my question. And uh, I'll yeah. probably look you up and find out that I didn't get your email. <laughs> so, but I do answer so, them. So if you get it, you'll get an answer from me if I get your stuff. Okay, that's great. And you've got a book also. Tell us about your book. What's the name of it? I've got a couple of books. Uh, one is Alien uh, Evidence. Uh, they're not written for entertainment. They're written to show you how to find evidence. One of them is on okay. implants, and the other one is on uh, uh, how to find evidence of alien contact. And you go to the website, now, and they're both there. Okay, so people can buy them right from your website? Right there on the website. And are they also available on Amazon or just your website? Uh, there, one of them is available on, on Amazon. Uh, but my okay. best advice for you is to order them directly from us. You get them a lot quicker, and uh, 
you'll you'll like your experience. You really will. Yeah, well, Daryl, you are the best. You are the top man when it comes to all of these things, and thank goodness you're here with us to really enlighten us and, and show us a, a whole different way of looking at these experiences. And I can't thank you enough, really. And my apologies to your wife for interrupting your dinner hour. Sorry about that. <laughs> so hopefully she still has a plate of food that's warm for you. Okay. Thank you so much. Great talking to you, Patricia. Well, it's great talking to you, as always, Carol, and you uh, take care of yourself, and I will be in touch with you soon again, I'm sure. Now, next week, everybody, remember, we've got a 9.30 starting date, 9.30 p.m. with Ghost Hunters. Don't miss it. Until then, I will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.